Welcome back to the Gods to Ghosts Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for part five of our interview with Butch May. Here we go. All right, Butch, let's get back to the mix game. Eileen Clancy, how'd you end up partnering up with her? And uh, what made you was, guys so damn good? She was a 10-year-old, going on 10 and uh, she was nine. She was playing with Jack Jensen at Muscle Beach. They had a, a Muscle Beach mix. And I was playing with an old lady called, uh, oh, wait, I shouldn't say, um, I'll be nice. Uh, I was playing with an older woman who was 42 or 43 years old. Her name was Connie Keller. And um, Connie was well past her prime. And uh, I watched Jensen uh, dismantle team after team. They didn't win the tournament. But they played so well that Jack was from another beach. So I realized that I'd seen this little girl. And I said, hey, you want to play? You know, uh, after the tournament. But all she did was you could pass the ball a foot and a half off the ground. She'd get down on her knees and put it up near the net. Boom, Jack was cutting the ball, lifting the ball up and over, hitting the ball. He was doing everything that... Uh, I said, holy crap, this is perfect. I mean, I didn't say that because I didn't know her. And <laughs> yeah. Connie kept saying, honey, you're mine, you're mine. Until, uh, and I, so I, I was playing with a, a more experienced woman and realized that I didn't need a more experienced woman. Uh, I needed somebody that was uh, young and could move. Now, some of the more experienced women... Or, uh, Connie Keller, uh, Edie Conrad. She played with O'Hara a bunch and had a lot of success, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. But then uh, I realized that O'Hara was, had spent a lot of his powder, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, so had some of the other players. And I figured, okay, um, I got two different excuses. If we played the loss, I said, well, look, I can hug see us. <laughs> that, uh, that was cruel. But I, uh, <laughs> you can go buy our lemonade with who knows what was oh, in it. No, no, the... At the, uh, she worked at the hot dog at the stick. She was about 10 or 11 years old, 12. But the thing that uh, fascinated me was after we played in the tournament or after I played, we'd meet at a place um, uh, in Santa Monica. It was an old hotel. And um, her dad would say, uh, Butch, how about a beer? I go, oh, yeah, fine, thanks. <laughs> he and, knew uh, the way to your heart. <laughs> and, uh, well, then I only drank one or two beers a day, uh, a week. One beer a week, anyway. And uh, so he goes to hand it to me, Eileen grabs it, 
and drinks two thirds of it. I went. Did you see that? And of course, Martin, uh, you know, being from Ireland, you know, oh, Don, uh, let me get another. Let me. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, I already know that at ten or eleven or twelve years old, she could out drink me. <laughs> she had it in the baby bottle since she was a toddler. I don't know, but uh, but Eileen was good. She was fast on the beach, and uh, uh, in those days, I, I I put her on the left side of the court under the net. She was uh, arms uh, five feet off the net maximum, and I and I, I took the rest of the court. So. No matter what kind of serve you had, even if it was a topspin serve, I could dive for the ball and, and barely get the ball up. But Eileen would put it to a spot. And I, I would say, don't try to be perfect. Just put it, make it easy for you, and put it in front of me. And uh, so we kind of experimented. But we we played two, We played all guys at the beast. There, there were guys down there. Uh, there's a, uh, a young medical student. His name was Larry Heron. Larry Heron um, loved Mick, and he, he was a good Mitch player, you know, but he was studying to be a, a neurosurgeon, a back surgeon. Oh, and, uh, what a horrible life to look forward to. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> but, he, he, but he had a girlfriend who was a nurse, who was in nursing school, her name was Laura Gallup, and uh, when Eileen went to Ireland for a couple of years, I played with Laura Gallup. And we won the uh, Marine Street Open. And nobody knows that. They think I won them all with Eileen. Uh, no, I won two of the six or seven tournaments that I won. Uh, two, uh, uh, no, I won six or seven tournaments with Eileen. But the other two tournaments I won with Laurie Gallup. And of course, I, I, I did lose. I lost to Matt Gage and uh, Nina Growlinkle. R.A.K.A. Nina Matthews later in life. Nina Matthews. Stan, uh, Pepperdine then, coach later on. Yes. And then um, we're playing and we're playing, uh, uh, oh, God, I can't think Jim Savage. Oh, <laughs> gosh, we need to talk about Savage. Keep going. <laughs> not the uh, left-handed Savage, Jim Savage. <laughs> no, not Marshall, but Jim Savage. Billy Del Rego, who's a pretty neat guy from the South yeah. Bay that I, uh, and, and, I and I was playing with uh, Del Rego's mom. Uh, Savage was playing with his mom, and we were ahead. I think uh, twelve to six or whatever it is. And all we have to do is finish the game, and we're going to play uh, Nina and uh, uh, Matt again. And Barbara said something to me. I said, "No, no, no, just dig over here." Uh, well. Uh, I can dig the ball over here, but you can't put the ball over there. So I said, who's the captain? And uh, she said, I am. I should be. Because you, you aren't doing the things that you should be doing, right? Well, that ticked me off. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing you want to do is pick, tick off so, Butch Mayer. <laughs> now, now, we're ahead. And I jump up, and I'm so... I, I didn't jump up. I stayed on my feet. I hauled off and hit the ball hit her right in the back of the head. And she goes, what was that? I said, oh, my jump serve didn't go over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, a dear friend who was uh, reffing and said, he did it on purpose. I mean, I, <laughs> oh, 
Well, wasn't that Rose Duncan? No, that was Sandy Melpy. Oh, Sandy Melpy. And what was her relation to Mitch? I always wondered about that. Sister and brother. Okay, got it. Sister and brother. <laughs> so what happened? Actually, um, uh, she said, did you do it on purpose? I said, no, I didn't. Of course, Sandy back said, yes, she did. Barbie did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yeah. And she goes, okay. I said, I quit. So, uh, Mike Cook was a uh, peace director, and he was uh, also the tournament director. And he was a legendary said, coach at Miracosta that coached yes. all those incredible high school teams that are, yeah. like, scary. And, and he goes, Maze, Maze, please calm down. Um, <laughs> we only have a few more points, and it's over. And, and the score was maybe 12-6 or 7. We were ahead. And uh, one fifteen point game. And... Um, so I said, uh, I quit. And uh, Cook goes, what do you mean you quit? No, we both quit. We're going home. But you gave that over. And of course, uh, Jim Savage. <laughs> and Delia's wife were looking at us. I said, yeah, hey, you guys got it. Okay, we're out of here. We packed up and left. Now, uh, right away, Cook, trying to keep me uh, calm, said, um, uh, Butch, yeah, how about the prizes? I said, oh, keep the prizes. Right? Yeah, keep the sweatpants and the say, trophy no, and no, the pitcher of beer. Keep the prizes. No, we're done. We're, we're. So I had a Volkswagen van. Now, can you imagine driving a stick shift van? And I'm leaning more left. In other words, I have my torso turned. So that I'm 45 degrees. <laughs> and, uh, 45. and Barbara's sitting in the other seat. And she's got gone the other way. And we, we didn't say one word from Marine Street all the way to Lincoln and, uh, and, and Ocean. <laughs> uh, Lincoln and, and Pico. Lincoln and Pico. And we just get up there and we have the light. And, um, and the car in front of us uh, stalled, so I couldn't, couldn't leave. And it was about 4.30, so it was, uh, it was nice. It was still prime volleyball time. Yep, and uh, I go, um, B, she goes, what? You, you want to go down and finish the game? She goes, what? With who? I said, with me. Is that your way of apologizing? I go, Yeah, it was hard to get it out. It's the closest thing you're going to get from an apology. Yeah. Right? So we went down there, and we played. And as soon as we got to the beach, uh, Martin Clancy, Eileen's dad, goes like this. Oh, that was, um, uh, you guys already win. Oh, that was quick. I said, no, we quit. What? <laughs> and, and after that, uh, you know, that was pretty much. Uh, <laughs> you know that classic photo of you and uh, Barbara where her head's buried in her hands and then you're looking at the camera? Was <laughs> that from that tournament or was that from a different one? I always wondered about that. Um, I, I, I'd have to see it. Uh, you know, Robbie Hood just took some photos of. Um, yeah, Bulldog is sorely missed. All of the tournaments, and these were guys and girls. And um, Robbie says, uh, "You know, Butch, I, I didn't expect you to walk off." I said, "Well, you know, I, I didn't want to cause a scene." <laughs> and, you know, I, uh, I wasn't playing well enough to be the captain. 
<laughs> well, what, what got me ticked off was she had a chance to put the ball up on one, and instead she passed it well enough so I had to give her set and she didn't put the ball away. Oh. Well, you know, side out scoring, that didn't make any difference. I mean, we're still so far ahead. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And uh, and it wasn't, uh, I went, holy crap. And she kept saying to my, uh, to me at the beach when we were playing, um, I'm waiting. <laughs> so, waiting for what? I'm waiting for you to apologize. Oh my God. Now I'm really talking to my toenails. <laughs> In the seagulls. <laughs> now, now, the best part about it is there's a, there was a, a paper, a newspaper, that was printed by uh, the, the same uh, newspaper company that uh, had a daily... Uh, uh, was it the Santa Monica Observer? No, I, I, I don't know what it was. But on the headlines... In South Bay, it says, Butch May goes berserk. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you saved that, and it's framed, and you have it above your bed. No. I, uh, Don't lie I'm to me. Glad, I'm glad that press burned down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it, it, it wasn't the front page. But <laughs> on the, uh, when it came to the sports in the area, it said, uh, Butch May goes berserk. <laughs> and... Uh, Barbara always asked me, uh, do you like the word berserk? What? <laughs> <laughs> that was before I, I got the It's a good Monica. nickname, but uh, in those, that uh, situation, maybe not so much. No, but after, after that, uh, uh, it was okay. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara was a very good player. She played with a guy called uh, Keith Aronchuk. Was he uh, re Pete Aaron, related to Pete Aaronchick that came after him? There was two Aaronchicks. One, uh, he had a brother that played, wasn't as good as Pete. Okay, but Pete was in the basketball. Yep, yep, I got it. And uh, uh, we took second. Eileen uh, and I took second to Pete and Barbara in San Clemente, and they beat the hell out of us. You know, I like to use it. Aaron Check was all over the place. Barbara could dig the ball. She's really good. And, um, you know, we we played our best. We, I think we lost about four or five points. And uh, in, in the elimination games, when it was uh, 11 point games, we would lose by maybe three. Uh, it would be 11 8, or it could be 11 7. And then when it came down to double finals, uh, we lost by five points. I mean, they, they had us going right from the start. And Pete never got enough credit. He was, uh, he came up with Sinjin and everybody was coming up. And um, sure. he was that good. He was that good, but they were, at that time, a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah, on the men's side, that's when it really took yeah. off. Um, I want to get back to Gage. I heard he was a hell of a mixed player. He's very good. Gage was a gentleman's gentleman. Yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't. Uh, he, he never squawked about a point. He, he never questioned anybody uh, as far as uh, uh, being honest uh, on their touches. And when I say touches, it wasn't the setting. It was some players would kind of go into the net a little bit, right? Yeah. And then, of course, those players would use a famous line that uh, Bogey, I didn't feel it. 
yeah. <laughs> well, it's just that. Uh, but he would always play the next point. And uh, he, he had a wicked cut shot. He could hit the ball. But he and I made a good, uh, good team. He, you know, the guys that played there, you had Bush Schwartz, Matt Gage, um, I call him Crazy George Breckle. Uh, you had a lot of good players in South Bay. Yes, Mike Boris. You had all of those players that uh, played sometimes once a week indoors, but it was mixed. Mm-hmm. And they're all good. Oh, you know? gosh. But the thing to do is to, to go there and they say, where are you from? Santa Monica? Uh, I'm in uh, Serena. You know Santa Monica. Where? And then if I said muscle peaks, yeah. The sewer of volleyball. They look at no, you like man. a garbage man. <laughs> There's a lot of fine players. Yeah, I always heard Gage was a phenomenal. Um, just and he's just such a smooth player. Pass, set, hit, dig, and you know he was. Um, I, I got the utmost respect for that guy. He's uh, a class act, and uh, Von Hagen cannot say enough about Gage and how great of a player he is. And um, uh, I really like him as a, a person. person. He's one of a kind. Yeah, he just, uh, uh, he never squawked. If he lost it, shake hands. And uh, he'd, tell you, he'd look at you in the face and say, uh, With those, those piercing green eyes that I'm sure uh, pulled a lot of <laughs> ladies. Well, I, I, I don't know about the eyes and ladies, you know, it's just, uh, uh, I didn't know you had to look at their eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get you. You were just looking at the game. But, but he just, uh, he never raised his voice. There was one guy, there, there are two players there. There are a lot of players. George Breckle, um, um, I don't know if he's alive today, but just a character player, you know. Really good. Uh, Breckle used to phone me uh, for two or three years, and he goes, uh, "I'm your shadow, and I almost beat you." You, <laughs> just, uh, just <laughs> you were sleeping me. with one eye open after that, weren't you? <laughs> no, no. Just uh, I'd take him golfing if he was in this area. But uh, an absolute character. Just uh, and a, uh, an older brother, uh, Sam Breckle was a good player. Sam played a lot with. Uh, Melby and, and other players, but Sam was a legitimate player because we were all down players. Nobody knew what blocking was. Right. Right down. But uh, George used to drive me nuts. But they had a, a Gordy, um, uh, uh, played with Rose Duncan. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if this is going to be bleeped in your, in your thing. You I, don't, I don't believe in bleeping. I'm done okay. with the politically correct well, stuff. You know, they would start off. And uh, Wardrop would just haul off. He was about six five and a half, six. Was he related to uh, Bill Wardrop that played for UCLA and then on the beach? No, that's Bill Walton. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Uh, and uh, I mean it was Wardrop, Billy, and uh, just uh, not Gordy, but it was Billy Wardrop. Okay, and he was on the national team. He went on the national team. Just a big guy. and they played Rose Duncan, who was one of the top players at that time. And they'd start off, and we'd always meet him somewhere in the bracket. Sure. Right? I like to see him. Uh, <laughs> I'd ask Cook, and, then, and this is where I got the line from. Um, I'd tell Cook, I said, you know, Cook, you know, 
we see them in every tournament, and they're on our side of the bracket. What's and up? Goes, but, uh, you do understand that in order to win the tournament, you still have to beat everybody. <laughs> and I realize, uh, I go, okay, okay, that makes sense. Not to me, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but we'd be playing Rose and, and Bill. And, um, Bill, it's just something the ball. And Rose's mouth would go like this, get that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Either me or Eileen, get that. I heard from him, Wally, that Rose wasn't shy. Uh, Blowfish told me she uh, wasn't shy to tell you exactly what the hell was happening on the court. She whipped him like a horse, like he used to do gauge. Attrition, side yep. Out, side, side out, side out, side out, side out. And then you finally started making points. And I'd wait until if uh, Wardrop missed the hit, if you rose, I went a little higher. The last ball was higher, and you didn't see anything about it, right? And I got, and I turned to Eileen and I said, okay, they're warming up. He would say that um, just to ourselves, okay, they're warming up. Because the next thing was, God damn it, Rose, I told you to set the ball higher. I set it high, you missed it. <laughs> that was the ball before. This, you know, and it was one of those things. And uh, so he would say, God damn it. And she would go, oh, shut up. <laughs> she told the 6'5 big <laughs> guy. All, yeah, well, she wouldn't say it to his face. And then all of a sudden, well, uh, then somebody would drop the F-bomb. And it was probably Rose under her breath that fucked you, right? And Bill said, what'd you say? Now it's an all-out shout-out. <laughs> and, 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 and I turned to Eileen and I said, We so, got him. Uh, seven said, yeah. I said, we got him. <laughs> and they would end up getting mad at each other. And even Cookie would go like this, come on. Hold the language. Yeah. The more it, it was like throwing gas on the fire. So, so we we had to wait for those opportune moments. Yeah, because, uh, um, you know, every once in a while, some people start off Saturday and they're very refreshed. You know, what I mean? like Rafael. Like Rafael, I heard on Saturday no one served him. On Saturday night, they knew he was going to be with a beer and a babe, and on Sunday he'd be so hungover he needed crutches, and everyone served his ass. Yeah, it just. Well, that was, uh, yeah, for Rich, it was a lifestyle. So, so those are some of the characters that we played. Then we played a, a, a husband and wife, Lois and, um, God, I can't, they're both teachers. And we played them in every single tournament, that mixed tournament we were ever in, ever. And we played them the second round. And finally he said one day, why do we always have to play it? So I said in the... In of the tournament director. He has to beat everybody in the tournament. <laughs> Eddie Austin. Eddie and his wife. Uh, off them. Oh. Uh, uh, Lois. Yeah. 
Now, here's what happened. Uh, years later, we're playing. I'm playing with a friend of mine, Randy Gardner, and we're all mid fifties. And I, Randy Gardner, and I beat Eddie and his partner. We're playing down in uh, from uh, Corona Del Mar, and Eddie's fit. When I say fit, at fifty five, he, he looked like he was forty five. Like, like Bob Mendoza, freak athlete. No, we beat him 15-0. And he looks at me and he goes to the net. He pulls out a hundred bill. And I go, what's a hundred for? He goes, I'm going to race you from here to Newport Pier. I'm going to race for a hundred dollars. I said, why, why would I want to race? I've never been 15 miles. <laughs> so now he wants to get out of me. <laughs> Now, now, when I see Eddie and his wife, Lois, every time I see Eddie, if I stare at him long, you know, I know what you think. Time you beat me 15-0. Not that close. When you I, pull I'm out sure. a C note, you flash it in no. front of him. <laughs> Randy went like this. Uh, <laughs> Watch it, Eddie. He might beat you. <laughs> <I didn't laughs> no, but the, these are some of the memories that that you take back with you. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm still good friends with Eddie today. Uh, if, uh, if his wife isn't around, he's in great shape, too. So, uh, you know, these are, you should be known anyway. Yep. We're serious uh, at a certain time of our life when we're playing, and then we become friends. Not all, not everybody. Uh, you become friends after. Yep. Yeah. That's the beauty of the sport. Yep. Well, what about Captain Buzzard? I, I'm a big fan of oh, his. Okay. I and I heard Buzzard could play on the left and the right, and uh, he did all that neat stuff for Hermosa Beach, getting uh, the court set up there and uh, handed out volleyballs and would practice all day. And then his uh, legendary dad, uh, Hoppy, oh. that was a great surfer that did so many neat things. So I, I'm a big fan of Captain Buzzard and in Perry's Pizza, more importantly. So uh, <laughs> not just kidding, Buzz. Um, but what do what do you remember about Buzz? Uh, Von Hagen had a ton of respect for Buzz. Well, Buzz was a was a straight shooter, just like uh, Matt. You know, never said a word a bad word about anybody unless you're a jerk. Yeah, I heard he was another guy like you that uh, he didn't look for fights, but you knew not to be disrespectful to him because he well, was going to yeah. let you know about it. Well, he, he would tell you uh, straight up and down, you're acting like a jerk. Okay. And uh, it's not tolerated in South Bay or it's not tolerated on the beach, and it makes you look stupid. But he would say it in such a nice way that you'd analyze it and go, you know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> In the first few years that Buzz played in the Marine Street Open, he played with his wife. And, um, you know, they were later to get divorced. And it wasn't because of the ball playing, but, that, but that's what happens. You have a, you play with a girlfriend or your yeah. wife, and you have a very uh, strained relationship, you know? And, and, and I was told that... Um, Saying that if you play with your wife, you're going to have to accept all the things that she's not good at. But Buzz was the type of guy, he could play both sides. And you had to play him from point one to point eleven. Okay. 
it, it, there was no gimmicks. He tried uh, to go after every ball. I, I think it's uh, his wife's name was either Susie or something like that. But they had a big dog called Gandorf. I think it was Gandorf. It was uh, like a wolfhound. <laughs> Sorry, dog. I already like Buzz, but now that I know about that dog, I like him even more. But go ahead. <laughs> but, but Buzz was very patient. No, he had that. Um, he had that cobra shot. I, I always call it the cobra uh, Kai now. Whenever I watch uh, the the TV show, and uh, he had great shots, and he was yeah. I heard you. He was one of those guys that battled to the to the very end. He had some grit to him. Yeah, well, it, it, you know, I, I I used to I would watch them or play against them, uh, or watch them on the side when they were playing. And I just admired the way they would get all set up for a defense. And then if the ball looked like it was going to be hit straight down, they'd go in there and they'd get right under the ball, just like Von Hagen and Lang and Selznick and Bernie Holtzman and Dane Holtzman. You know, these guys would get in under the ball. And I'm going up this end, get hit on the neck and everything else. And, uh, and I go, God, when did they do that? <laughs> you know, I mean, if I dug a ball and the ball went up um, half the time, I never saw my dick. <laughs> I'm going in there. I don't know if it was the snap of the ball when the hand hit the ball. If I blinked, you know, and I lost a nanosecond, whatever it was, uh, these guys were absolutely amazing. One hand, two hands. And if the ball popped up, they ran. Every one of them ran. You know, they never let the partners down. You know, yep. John Gonzalez uh, was one of the players that played that. Uh, I think he might have played a few tournaments with Buzz. What was his name? John Gonzalez. Oh, Johnny Gonzalez, the lefty that finished second uh, in the yeah. 70 Manhattan Open with uh, yeah. with uh, Mitch Melpy, the stud Marine. Yeah, and John played with um, Sandy Melpy, Mitch's sister, and uh, would play all the time. And, and Sandy was, uh, she was a, a, a kind of a very, uh, I don't know, just uh, gruff. You know what I mean? She hated to lose. Look, the and, girls Vogue dated. I got you. Go ahead. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> was Sandy Malby. Uh, uh, Sandy and uh, another Malby. Uh, anyway, it was one of those things that uh, I, I said, man, I wish I could be like that. And, and yet, I, I never took a look at some of the successes uh, Eileen and I had. You know, we did well. We didn't uh, dig like everybody else. We just played so that um, we played at percentages. And if there was a chance that they dinked the ball or whatever, Eileen and I could both run the dinks. Down. I heard she was the best bump setter ever. Nancy Cohen was second best. Um, you know, Eileen only bump set. She never used her hands. <laughs> you know, she kept saying, "Can I use my hands?" I said, "Never." <laughs> <laughs> no, she was. Uh, uh, you know, there were there were times in tournaments where I'd uh, call a timeout, and I and and I would tell Eileen, "God damn it!" You said one more fucking ball over. I believe it. Right? <laughs> she was trying to be and she, too perfect, and she'd be crying, and her dad would come out and say, "Oh." 
guy. I didn't know you had sand in your eyes. Yeah, let me get a towel. <laughs> oh, that back in the day when you didn't cater to your kid and like a soccer mom. You were tough on her, but I I heard she had some grit to her. Like she, to play with you, and then her being that young, I heard uh, no one can give her enough credit for how uh, good she was. Um, just like you as a player, uh, but she to put up with your uh, rough neck ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won the towel open a couple of times years after it became a popular tournament, and. Um, We'd go up there, and Barbara would be with us. Barbara wouldn't play. She came up to watch us, and uh, Missy wasn't born then. And there's one of those things that, uh, uh, you know, Barbara always went, if you could be as nice to me as you are to Eileen. Well, that's what Peter, Pete Aronchek did to Barbara. He was nice. You know, there were some times when all, all the guys get frustrated. Uh, you know, one thing I've always wanted to see was, in the AVP, if you take your top, say, um, four players, eight players, six players, mm-hmm. and you had a mix where you take take your top six and you play with a different partner, you're going to see uh, some of the grit that's missing on some of the players. Yep. You know what I mean? Not every girl, not every guy can play mix. No, I heard uh, that was uh, like Jeff Jordan told me how amazing you were to watch play and mix that how quickly you were how fast you could get out of the sand when you'd hit not that you jumped like jason ring or uh you know rosenthal but you had in that you also had reached high and uh just could hit the ball uh so well everywhere on the court it was really scary well you know the group at that time before we uh, had hussein hussein bolt he would say uh, the fastest a man could uh, run is about 27 miles an hour. And if your full serve went to the net, it was going probably at 30. That's all you needed to do. Yep. Was the ball on the court. So uh, um, unless you understood all the writers that are attached to a statement like that, you have to put the ball to a spot where they have to move. Yep. How was uh, Lang as a mixed player? I know he and Susie Hornybook had some really good uh, uh, tournaments. Um, uh, O'Hara was great with uh, Edie Conrad. Um, you know, there were some other good mixed players. I know they were a little yeah. before your time, but... Yeah, so I played with Janet Luttrell. And, um, you know, Lang... Lang's all-around game was good in everything. If you play with a, a partner, uh, okay. Now you gotta understand; these guys would play only certain players. They didn't play with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they would say they would give themselves a public no, and they would wait. Uh, why? Because they knew what your mistake, what, what your uh, pitfalls were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strategists. Yeah, yeah. No, they, uh, they they set themselves up, and uh, of course, when you're young and you're eager, like you want to play with everybody. I tell you a story about going home and telling me I beat Hogan, and he goes, "Which one? Which one, Peter Bob?" <laughs> yeah, Peter Bob. I go, "No, it wasn't Pete. Oh, that was Bob." Uh, no. Well, what was his name? John. Oh, you mean 
Joe Hogan? Oh, he's not the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you. Then you had to buy beer, and then your uh, land, <laughs> landlord and the monkey would steal it. Oh, oh I was just. Uh, yeah, he came in. The, he wanted to know what kind of water we were drinking. Oh gosh, that's my favorite story. So, getting back to this Jim Savage, there's a epic photo that I love of Buzz. Uh, Captain Buzzard crushing a ball, and we didn't know who the blocker was. And then uh, Billy Del Rego, Savages. Uh, yeah, his mom was dating him, and uh, he goes, "That's Savage." And uh, and uh, I love that photo of Buzz. And and uh, Billy said, uh, "Yeah, that's my mo- that was my mom's boyfriend. I should know better than anyone else." But he was, you know, nice about it. Um, yeah. And uh, then he told me about how Savage was a kleptomaniac and then robbed, like, banks and houses <laughs> in his spare time. <laughs> so let's hear about Savage. <laughs> okay, we're down at Muscle Beach playing, and, uh, and we're playing up to the end, and I forgot who Savage was playing with. And Barb and I were playing. Oh, he, he was playing with somebody, one of the girls. And... Uh, <clears throat> So, after, you know, like this, you guys want a beer? And uh, it was about 2 o'clock. And I said, because uh, I got to go to work at uh, 5.30. I was working at MGM. And um, uh, Jim says, uh, where are you guys going to have a beer? I said, right here. Okay, I'll be right back. Well, well unbeknownst to everybody, we're going <laughs> to a bank row in Santa Monica, 3rd or 4th Street. And... Uh, he made a quick withdrawal. <laughs> it came down, and and I didn't know that, but uh, uh, I I did tell Jimmy. I said, "Hey, you don't need any money, okay? I, uh, Barbara and I take care of this." And uh, you know that might have been one of his times. Uh, Jim was so enthralled with the game that uh, he had perfect hands. If, if you could get a picture of somebody setting their hand before they got the ball. He had the perfect stance, the perfect everything, and, and the set was good. And um, <laughs> you know, I just, uh, uh, sometimes we take different roads, you know? Yeah. Oh, I just crack up at those stories. And uh, even uh, Billy Del Rey goes, like, my mom dated the guy. And he goes, no one knows where he is now. <laughs> we don't know which prison he is. <laughs> where he's at now because he was a good guy good player but uh, he just couldn't help himself from the sounds of it yeah it just um, it, it's it, it makes it pretty tough if you don't oh, okay um, in, in volleyball at that time uh, people would go through a lot of divorces especially if you didn't have a good job yeah. you know what I mean because you, you can't have somebody at home Expecting you to uh, uh, fulfill all the things that you talked about, whether you're in a chapel or in the um, uh, judges' chambers or whatever. You know what I mean? When you when you exchange vows, and you you become a volleyball bum uh, at Muscle Beach. A lot of people called me a bum, and um, I was okay with that. I, I I never told them I was working, but some of the people would say. Isn't it too bad his wife has to teach tennis so he could play volleyball all day? And they didn't know that I worked in... I got to pick my shift at MGM. So when the, it was short winter days, um, I'd go in at 7.30 and get off at uh, 4 in the morning. 
So then I had to have the date of my volleyball. Or uh, sometimes I go on the, at, from uh, 12 to 8.30. You know, eight and a half hours. It was perfect. Right, so right. I, I, I had to pick. And, um, and then because my eyes were always red because I like playing and like being down the beach so I could surf or ride motorcycles and play rugby. With Bill Hanser? <laughs> uh, no, this was uh, with a guy called Al Wurzel. Okay. He had a motorcycle shop called Cycle Products West. It was on Pico. And um, Al's motorcycle shop, he had the first two Elsinores in the United States. And Al rode one, I rode the other one. That was 250. And then when Penton was a guy, they had a, a bike coming from Austria. It was a KTM in Europe, but when it came to the United States, they called it Penton. And Al got the first uh, couple of KTMs at his shop. Al rode one, I rode the other one. I mean, I'd crash and wrench my shoulders and do all these things. He was storming over, go, whatever your shoulder. Break my neck. Anyway, um, those are you. You can't just do volleyball every day. Yeah, I, mean, I, I did because I enjoyed it. But then I also enjoyed bringing my board down to the beach and surfing in the afternoon, getting up at four thirty in the morning with Mike Bright and meeting him out of Malibu, and riding Point Break. Or we'd find out where the surf was. Uh, if it was in uh, Rincon, sometimes we'd go up to Rincon and take the longest way. Not a lot of ways, just a few. And then go back to work. And then we'd go to work. Mike Wright and I, Wright uh, worked for, uh, he worked for Bing Copeland as a laminator. And then he went across the street and he worked at uh, uh, Rick's Surfboards and he was a laminator. Okay. And I said, uh, Mike, you need some help. And um, he goes, yeah, you want to come down? You can cut cloth and lay out the stuff. And, um, there's a guy that bought Rick's surfboard shop. Was and, it on uh, her uh, on the Pier Avenue or someplace else? No, it was uh, it was off the Pier Avenue. It was in the Hermosa Beach. And it changed from Rick's to Becker Boards. Okay, and, and that and, that's that was there when I lived there. I think I used to yeah. buy so stuff Phil there. Be- Phil Becker was probably one of the best shapers. Um, okay. you know they had other shapers. Every surfboard shop had their shapers. And, uh, but Phil could shape boards faster. One day, Brad and I came in on a Monday, and there was uh, eighty-four boards there. <laughs> and Phil said, "I'm going to serve because the surf's going to be up." We came in 84 boards. They were stacked. We went like this. So bright and I, in the uh, 12 and a half, 13 hours, we laminated 84 boards. Jeez. It's never been done. And uh, we, we damn near had styrene poisoning. We had to take two or three days off. Oh, you know, my gosh. You would expunge and you could taste it. But, you know, that's... I think... I think my buddy Earl Koppelman's uh, dad owned a glass shop next to one of those places there, like where Greg Knoll used to uh, shape boards when he was a kid. And that stuff just blows me away uh, that, you know, the history of um, the pier there and the players and then Mickey, uh, 
Mickey Dora, the Black Knight at State Beach and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, light fingers. <laughs> it's just, um, you know, the first surfboard shop I ever worked in was in Honolulu. Uh, I'm from Honolulu. And I did that as a summer job. And it was called Gomes and Son. Alan Gomes was a junior uh, uh, national champion. Okay. And um, his dad created an octagon uh, glue um, uh, what a rack so that you could glue eight boards at a time. And then you turn it over. And by the time uh, two hours went by or three hours, the wellwood glue that they used for balsa, it was all balsa boards, uh, uh, dried. So in less than... Uh, four hours you were taking off and, and putting up another uh, eight boards and then he said okay we can do this and you put a template on it and you cut the template and people shaped now that was the first surfboard shop I worked in and my only pay for the summer was to get a brand new surfboard <laughs> you could have just stole one at uh, at the beach like you guys did with the saguaras that one morning <laughs> and spray painted it <laughs> The Sawaras didn't steal. It was uh, somebody else stole a board, and the uh, Sawaras didn't know that. Yeah, and that was a classic that. story. So, um, he either worked for Uncle Label. Uncle Label was uh, Abel Gomes, uh, was a wood craftsman. He was a master craftsman with wood. And uh, two young uh, surfers were interested in, in uh, woodcraft that he uh, uh, took under his wing. One was uh, Wally Forsyth, and the other one was uh, Downing. And uh, George Downing and Wally Forsyth became uh, 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 two icons that other surfers would look at. Why? Because mm -hmm. the ship was, was perfect. But that's because Alex Abel wouldn't let you do it the wrong way. You know? <laughs> so... So by the time we got down to the plastic board, you know, uh, 10, 10 years later, and I'm on the mainland, uh, it was a whole new a whole new program. You know, you had, uh, uh, they knew who Abel Gomes was or Alan Gomes. They knew who Wally Forsythe was or George Downing. And they became icons of their own. You know, whether it's yeah. Gold, you know but uh, I, I was so blessed to uh, have been involved in something like that. Um, yeah, with icons in the yeah. surfing sport like that. You know, even my uh, lame landlocked ass here in Wisconsin knows about George Downing. Yeah, so you, you get, um, in 1956, when Disneyland opened up, it was 1956, um, I was 12, 13 years old, and I went to um, San Francisco, and we took a bus, uh, my sister, my brother, my mom, myself, CD tickets. You stood in line all day for something that was brand new. But in the meantime, my cousin had hooked up the guy called uh, hooked up with a guy that started a surf shop in San Francisco. And you know who that is? Um, way to put me on the spot. I really appreciate it. You know, he's, uh, he's got the wave as an emblem. And a surfer in the wind. Quicksilver. 
No, not Quicksilver. This is way before Quicksilver. Anyway, he was, uh, he ended up uh, starting a surf shop in San Francisco. And when he started the surf shop, uh, my cousin shaped boards for him, and I used to glue wetsuits for Jack O'Neill. So O'Neill wetsuits. Oh, yeah. There you go. And uh, so, you know, it was one of those things. Jack, being as nice as he could, uh, every check that he wrote you on Friday would bounce. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's waiting to collect money. <laughs> and, and I said to myself, man, this guy will never be a businessman. Who is to know that o- O'Neill wetsuits was ago international. Yeah, and you were thinking about the fact that I might as well go back to bull riding. <laughs> and then pay for pay for drinks for the whole bar. Well, at least they paid cash. Right, but, uh, right. You know, when Captain, uh, you know, so how, how does one become that blessed to be around people like this? Yeah, you were a part of so many neat things, like the stuff that I didn't even know about, like the guy who runs the Lakers now that you uh, gave the job to. Well, not the Lakers, he runs the... Uh, well, the uh, Staples Center or whatever. Staples Center, yes. Yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. And, uh, you know, 10-year-old kid. All right, you can you can do math in your head. All right, go ahead, kid. And now look where he is now. Now you get free tickets whenever you want it. His math was faster than my fingers on the cash one. Yeah, or or uh, or during a nice meal. Yeah, Michael Roth. Yep. Uh, Classic. So up, uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a whole cross section of people that uh, I enjoy. When I played rugby, um, I had a team captain there from Stanford, and he and a, a couple of uh, his buddies uh, were mixing some chemicals in the garage in Palo Alto and they made a mistake it spilled over <laughs> and, uh, like Hiroshima <laughs> uh, well, this thing was like the blob they didn't know it just kept going and it cooled fast and it was uh, something that was absolutely different the Cass's name from Stanford and on the rugby team at San Francisco Olympic Club was John Rosecrans. Now, Rosecrans ended up, you know, every phone cup that you use, that you buy? Yeah. That's a Cranscope product. Every uh, foam um, ice chest that you have, you know the cheap ones that you can crush? Yeah, that you, we used to put all of our fishing gear in when my dad and I would go to Canada. I gotcha. Yeah, that's a Cranscope product. Every float that you had in pools in the six in the sixties that floated that had foam on it, that was a Cranskill product. And, and and that's what he, he put a patent on. And, um, and and part of that um, when they made the movie uh I forget the, the name of the movie was uh oh Jesus. Was it Riding uh, Giants? No, 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 no. The uh, where the word plastic is used. In the movie <laughs> with uh, Dustin Hoffman, um, then, uh, he's a young kid. Anyway, uh, oh, we, uh, the Graduate. Yes, that was because of this classical product. It was in the movie. Oh. <laughs> now I'm playing with John, and he's a gentleman's gentleman. His wife was uh, one of the ten best American women uh, ever, Dodie, and she uh, lives in. But that John 
made good money and he bought a or he founded a company called Mattel. Mattel? Yeah. The toy company. Vogie and I are still playing with toys. No wonder I recognize okay. that right away. But you know, these are the kind of people that I, I was. I'm 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 just uh, amazed that I, I even knew these people. You know, I knew of them. Well, of course. How do you meet John personally? Up close. Uh, he's a personal guy. We're in a scrum at the Monterey Rugby Tournament, and we got about four bodies piled on each other, and this hand is. He got a thumb inside my uh, my mouth, and he's gouging my eyes. And I grab the hand, and I bite him, and I hear, yeah, and he yells, right? And he goes, why'd you bite me? I said, why'd you gouge me? And he goes, I thought you were one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, and, and I've been blessed to have them be uh, you know, pieces of the puzzle of my early life. Oh gosh, I I knew people said that that you'd have some neat stories, but it just keeps getting deeper. Now, do I have to do any fact checking with Vogie to make sure this is all accurate? But <laughs> just kidding. Saying <laughs> Vogie is like deleting them. Hey, imagine uh, what those guys that uh, kicked you out of the Vietnam War with four F. Look what you did now. Look at me! Look okay. at me! Look! Look! Look at me now! I work my way up to middle management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 room there, but you're middle management. Yeah. Nothing about machinery. Oh, I love it. Classic. All right, we'll cut it off there. Butch, is you nailed it tonight? Oh, I had a lot of fun tonight. I got to. Uh, I got to look back. I look around my yard, I got apple trees, and a grapefruit tree, and stuff that gives good fruit, and I've been very blessed. You know, and uh, when it comes to the volleyball stuff, uh, the South Bay characters, some of them, but all the rest of the guys I hold in my esteem is uh, Buzz and uh, Gage, you know, uh, people like that. They were just and Marshall <laughs> this wraps up part five of our interview with Butch May. Thanks for listening. There's still plenty more to come as we continue to question Butch about all the great history in this sport that he was a part of. Thanks again for listening. Catch up with you soon. Mm-hmm.